This is the Alex Podcast with your hosts, Hebrew Usher and Deacon Manitazik. Welcome, have your pen and paper ready. Uh, shalom, shalom to all brothers and sisters. So we're back again with episode two of this elect podcast. The first episode we were talking about holiness. I think we were overly optimistic to assume that we we're gonna uh, conclude the topic in one episode. I think that's one of the topics Deacon we're discussing offline. Is that uh, uh, you know this this is one of those topics that are never ending, but I don't think we can ever start in a definite end. Just to do the intros um, and um, just to remind ourselves, we were talking about holiness. We were talking about the definition, just explaining a few concepts there. But what Wedicon Manatazak started last week, if we all remember, was to first talk about uh, the patience that we require in the word. And that patience, they really what we're talking about is we're going to have precept upon precept. So the definitions are going to come from the key scriptures and the key verses. And as well, then we started to to go in and talk about what holiness is. There's, there's two, maybe three standout uh, key points that I, I, I can maybe just highlight. The first being in the book of John chapter 17, where we see Yeshua, our Christ, took his disciples out of the world, or he was given them out of the world by the Father. So that is a part of holiness that we see as a separation. In the book of Leviticus chapter 19, as well, we talk about, we looked at the definition of holiness there. And I think the key concept that we took away is the separation of our fathers and the patriarchs out of the system of Egypt. So there is a concept around uh, a separation or a sanctification, the sanctification uh, from one system of life, uh, one system of lifestyle into a new system. Then we looked at from the book of Second Corinthians chapter 6, we went over to Genesis chapter 12, looking at Abraham, the patriarch. Uh, so I think maybe just as we as we go in uh, and um, I'll end over soon to Deacon Manatazak. Uh, Deacon Manatazak, I uh, just want to give um, honor to you as well and welcome you and giving glory to the Most High for making this another opportunity. So I think I can hand over to you and uh, I'm keen to, to hear what uh, the Most High has to share with us today. Shalom. Uh, shalom to God and shalom to the brothers and sisters. Uh, all praises to the Most High and His Son, Yeshaya, Christ. Okay, as Dikon, you've uh, made a summary of where we went through uh, last week. Uh, we're going to continue building up from what we discussed uh, last week so that we further the understanding about holiness. I think it's a very important concept to understand if you are to have, to have a relationship with the Most High. We'll remember that last week we ended at John 17, 17, where we're talking about um, sanctify them through thy truth and thy way is truth. That was further defining what is holiness. But let's just remember our key verse because I don't want us to lose the line of our topic before we continue uh, for today. Let's go back to First Peter chapter 1. You'll remember that we did read this verse as our key verse last week. We read First Peter chapter 1, 
verse number 15 to 16. Okay, we'll read it again. Um, First Peter chapter 1, verse number 15 to 16 reads as follows. Verse 15, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Verse 16, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Okay, so this is why this topic is very important in terms of understanding uh, the Most High and having a relationship with the Most High. Holiness is compulsory. Holiness is not optional when it comes to the Most High. Because when you read, as Deacon is reading verse number 15, but as he which had called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. So that means holiness must be in every part of your life because the Most High who has called you is holy, meaning the Most High is calling us unto his holiness. So now we must understand holiness from his perspective, meaning the scriptures must be able to explain holiness, what it is. The scripture must be able to explain scripture, precept upon precept, that would be the view of the Most High. That would be the mind, the perspective of the Most High. The Most High will explain holiness. Where is he calling us to? Because he is holy, that means he's calling us to holiness. We must understand holiness from the scriptures. In all men of our conversation, it's now it's a requirement if we are to qualify uh, to serve and uh, to have a relationship with the Most High. Uh, verse 16. Uh, because it is written, "Be ye holy, for I am holy." We did read. We did read um, that um, Peter was quoting uh, Leviticus chapter 19, verse number one to two, uh, because uh, the apostles also they were continuing with the holiness that was there before, because the Messiah was holy even from the Old Testament. Holiness doesn't start in the New Testament. Even from the whole Old Testament, we saw there that the Most High was calling for holiness. That's why Peter is quoting from there. We did also um, show that our father Abraham applied holiness practically by coming out of a system which was not made by the Most High. So that is holiness, basically to separate yourself, to sanctify yourself from the world system or from the system which was not made by the Most High or from the system which does not glorify the Most High. Okay, Deacon, we can, there's a verse before I go to where we ended last week. If we can read further on this, um, let's read Ezekiel 44. We'll read there, verse number 23. Okay, Ezekiel 44, verse 23 reads as follows. They shall teach my people the difference between the holy and profane and cause them to to descend between the, uh, the unclean and the clean. Okay, so this is talking about the priest. In the priest, they must teach holiness. So because the Mosa is holy, meaning the Mosa is using the priest in order to call people to his holiness, meaning they shall differentiate. Okay, let me read the whole verse uh, again. And they shall teach my people the difference that's part of holiness. The holiness is differentiating between holy and profane. And if you differentiate, not just for knowledge, but also for, for separating from profane because of the weight. So that is holiness. 
and cause them to descend, meaning we are able to descend, holiness descends between the unclean and the clean. You know, holiness goes with cleanness. So this is the, uh, the duty of the priest to bring that understanding that the Messiah is assigning to the priest. We know that Yeshua himself, uh, Christ, was the high priest. Uh, Christ also emphasized in terms of teaching the people between the unclean and the clean, or between the profane and the holy. The profane stands for the world, and the unclean stands for the world, or it's the world system, or the system of Egypt. So holiness is separating from that system. Okay, let's go where we ended last week. John 17, 17. John 17, verse number 17 reads as follows. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. This is, uh, this is Christ who is saying these words. He is the high priest. So even though he's praying, this is also a teaching about holiness to say, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Meaning they can never be holiness without the word of the Most High. The word of the Mosai is the truth, and it is the one that sets apart. It is the one that causes, that gives us an understanding to differentiate between the profane and the holy, between the clean and the unclean. So Christ, when he says, sanctify them, sanctify, meaning make them holy, consecrate or separate them from what? From the world. We did read verse number six. When Christ said, sanctify them, because he's speaking under a context of a world system to say they must be sanctified from the world system. This is because it's about holiness. The whole message is about holiness. Let's read verse number six again. John chapter 17, verse number six reads as follows. I've manifested thy name unto the man which thou hast givest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou givest them me, and they have kept thy word. Okay, I've manifested thy name unto the man which thou gavest me out of the world. The Mosai's name is holy. Unto the man which thou gavest me out of the world, meaning this is a separation from the world. That's why Christ says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth, meaning these men were in the world, but now Christ has separated them or he has taken them out of the world or sanctified them from the world, that they may be his. Find thy way, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy weight. Meaning they understand now the message of be holy, for I am holy. What is the meaning of that exactly? So now there's a full understanding of that message. This is about the world system. Just remember, don't lose sight of Sanctify, meaning we are sanctified from the world system. Let's read again, uh, Deacon, verse number 14. John chapter 17, verse number 14. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I have given them thy word, meaning I have manifested thy name, in verse number 6. Here he says, I have given them thy word. This is the truth. The word is the truth. Because of this word, the world had hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So this is holiness. Christ is leading from the front as a shepherd. He's leading by example. He is not of the world, but he was in the world physically, but his heart was transformed and was not in this world system. He was not living according to the system of this world. 
He was not profane. He was not unclean. And he was teaching his disciples to be like him, to be his followers, to be not of this world system. That's why he says, I've given them thy weight and the weight has kept them. Let's read verse number 16 again, through to verse number 17, so that you get the full context of verse number 17, 16 to 17. John chapter 17, verse number 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Okay, they are not of the world. Why? Even as I am not of the world. Remember, be holy for I am holy. Remember that verse. That's what it, it is the same thing where Christ says, they are not of the world, meaning they've known holiness. They are now walking according to holiness. Even as I am not of the world, even as I am holy, be holy for I am holy. Verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Meaning this is the weight that sanctifies us from the world system so that we be not of this world. This is important in order to, to understand. You must understand it as Christ, when he, when, he, when, he, when he says, as I'm not of the world, that is, he says, I'm holy. I'm not of this world. Meaning, I've taught them to separate between, to separate the, uh, uh, holiness and, and profane. Not to be profane, because the world is profane. The world is unclean, according to this verse. That's why Christ has sanctified us from the world. Dukon, uh, let's just read in Ephesians chapter 5. Dukon, while, while you're continuing, um, there's a part that you read where we started uh, almost in, in the book of Ezekiel chapter 44. And uh, maybe I, I want to just take maybe two minutes to highlight something. And it, I think it, it speaks exactly to John chapter 17, uh, where we just read now there in Ezekiel 44, verse number 23 talking about, you know, the priests teaching Yesharala, or the Israelites, a difference between the holy and the profane, which is, they, there's a distinction there which the word clearly makes. If we look at it from the, the context of the world, so people who are in the world and people who are out of the world, there's a distinction. And I think that's that it's going to embody the whole message of holiness about a distinction, which goes back to a separation. Because in the very same chapter of Ezekiel 44, 23, that very same verse, uh, rather, when it continues, it says, and cause them to descend between. I think if we look at just those two, those two words, to descend and between, they are clear words that say this is a division. And holiness is about separation. It's about a distinction. Those preceding words of descending between make the clear case for understanding what, why we say holiness is, um, is a separation. So we, we separate one part of um, one part from another part to create two distinct parts. And I think when you look in according to uh, the, the Strong's uh, concordance, exactly just those two words, they, they, they'll highlight that. They talk about, it's almost saying you're dividing asunder. So what, what I'm, I'm, I'm cementing here is just for anyone who's listening who does not fully understand or fully comprehend why holiness could be a separation, maybe because it has never been explained like that, or it's never been explained. I think once you read the scriptures and you go through them, they start to cement the understanding that once we talk about holiness, you need to we need to understand and get the understanding that there will be a separation of sorts. And what you're saying, Deacon, is now when we're talking about the disciples looking at John 17, is that the separation now is between the disciples 
who are out of taken out of the world, who are different, they are distinct from the world. So there's a division and a discernment between people who are in the world and people who are not in the world. So why I think that's very important is that when we when we hear the word holy, 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 and it's used in the scriptures under different contexts in the sense that um, you know there's holiness we're talking about the temple, and here we're talking about maybe holiness coming to clean uh, to to foods, and it can be used in different contexts. There's holiness coming to clothes, for instance, but still someone who reads it and and hears holiness must always remember this. Even when it comes to clothing, it can come to people, it can come to lifestyle, it can come to the world. But we must not forget that it's going, at the end of the day, it is going to create a division, a separation of one form or one part, which is different from another part, or which is distinct from another part, and something which is divided asunder. And I would just like to, I know you want to go to the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 5, Chicken, uh, but if if I may, I would like to read one, just one uh, one verse quickly here in the book of Leviticus. I think the last time, as uh, I, as we, we were recall, uh, recalling from the intro, we read the book of Leviticus 19. But I would like to read the book of Leviticus 22, uh, still talking about uh, still talking about separation as well. And um, there's a part there in verse number two. It says, uh, well, this was a commandment to Moses. And it says, speak unto Aaron and to his sons that they separate themselves. Why I'm coming here is just that part of separating themselves. As I said, it, there's different contexts where we're going to talk about holiness. But we see there's a separation again. And it says, separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Yesharala or Israel, that they profane not my holy name in those, uh, in those things which they hallow unto me. So this, again, what we're seeing is when it comes to services, there's a distinction that is made. And this is now, right in this distinction, it's talking about holiness, meaning there's something that the Most High wants to be differentiated when it pertains to him. And even as us people, when it pertains to him and those who are called unto him and those who are in him, there is also a separation and a distinction from other people who may be there and from other parts of life and other systems of life that may exist. And exactly there, when we look at separating yourselves, when you go to to, to Strong's uh, and, and reading from the Concordance, you will get a, what I was explaining, which is it's talking about consecrating, but it's again about a division. It's to set apart. So once you, say, you consecrate and you set apart, this is a separation of, something which is set apart from something else, which is in that context, we see that it's a division. So you set apart something from something else, you divide, you separate, which is a sanctification. So I think maybe just to cement that understanding, anyone who reads and who listens, it's very important, even if you hear the word holy in a different context, not talking about the world system, but remember, we're still talking about a separation. Just in this context, we need to talk about the holiness of ourselves from the world system, as um, as Deacon uh, Manatazaki is explaining. But I'll, I can hand over back to you, Deacon. Uh, you wanted us to read in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Yes, yes, we can read the uh, Ephesians 5, verse 25 to 28. Ephesians 5, verse number 25, reads as follows. 
Husbands, love your wives, even as a Mashiach or Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse number six, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Verse number 27, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, nor any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Verse 28, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth, loveth himself. Okay, so, so this is also, this is part of holiness. Verse 25, husband, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Why? Because the church is the body of Christ. So this is the analogy of marriage, which symbolizes Christ and the church. That's why it says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. How did he love the church? How did Christ love his body? Verse 26, this is how. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, meaning by the truth. So the word of the Mosai, as Deacon is explaining now, divides, it separates. It sanctifies, sets apart, consecrate. All of those, they mean holiness. So verse number 26, the love of Christ leads us to holiness. So Christ loved his church or his bride for holiness, for the peoples of holiness, not for any other peoples. Verse number 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, the spot, not having a profane thing, meaning separated from spots, separated from wrinkles, set apart from any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish, meaning after it has been set apart, then it must fulfill holiness and without blemish. Verse 28, so old men to love their wives as their own bodies, he that loveth his wife loveth himself, meaning because the, the church is the body of Christ. That is why it says, love your wives as your bodies, meaning even the body, it counts for holiness. Let's go to, let's read First Corinthians. I just want to explain this part further of separating from the world. First Corinthians 6, verse number 19 to 20. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 19 reads as follows. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which ye have of the Most High, and ye are not your own? Verse number 20. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify the Most High in your body and in your spirit, which are the Most Highs. So be ye holy in all men of conversation. What? Know ye not that your body, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? Remember the Holy Ghost, so meaning the spirit of holiness, which is in you through the word, through the truth, which you have of, of the Most High, and you are not your own, meaning you don't own yourself. If you are holy, you live wholly for the Most High. You are not owning yourself to say, on this part, I can profane myself, or I can be part of the world system, meaning you are not at liberty to do that. You are wholly given to the Most High. He owns you 
100%, you're giving yourself willingly to the Most High. If you understand holiness, you surrender completely as the wife surrenders to his husband or as the wife surrenders, like the church is the, is the bride to Christ. It surrenders to Christ in all things. Why? Well, because of verse number 20. For ye are bought with a price, meaning this price is the sacrifice, the blood of Yeshua Christ. Therefore, glorify the Most High in your body, meaning behold, your body must glorify the Most High and your spirit must glorify the Most High because it does not longer belong to you. It belongs to the Most High, which are the Most Highs. So the body and the spirit, you must be holy in both. So when you come out of the world system, your spirit must be clean from the world system. And also your body must be separated or set apart from the world system. This is what this verse means. Because let's read um, Romans 12, verse number 1 to 2. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1, uh, reads as follows. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of the Most High, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto the Most High, which is your reasonable service. Verse number two. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of the Most High. Okay, so I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies, that you present your bodies again, as a living sacrifice, meaning Christ was a sacrifice. If we are holy like Christ is holy, meaning you must present your body as well as a sacrifice. And it was not allowed to, to present a sacrifice, even in the first covenant that had spots or that had blemishes. It was not allowed because that sacrifice would be unholy before the Most High. Even Christ himself, he was a spotless sacrifice. He was without blemish. In order to teach us this part of holiness, that we ourselves have to be presenting our bodies to the Most High or to Christ as a living sacrifice. Holy, meaning your body must be holy. You present your, yourself as holiness to the Most High. Acceptable unto the Most High, which is your reasonable service. This is our service. That is why our body must glorify the Most High. Even our spirit, it must glorify the Most High because it is no longer ours. We're giving it as a sacrifice. This is a sweet savor to the Most High. So the Most High will be able to, to accept a sacrifice. The Most High doesn't accept any sacrifice, but he accepts specific sacrifices. Even in the Old Testament, they would offer a lamb or a goat that had no spots or that had no blemishes. This was symbolizing us at the end of the day. Now we are that sacrifice. So a person who walks according to holiness becomes the sacrifice. Okay, verse number two. And be not conformed to this world, meaning be set apart from the world. Separate from the world. Do not imitate this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is where holiness starts. It must start with the changing of your mind, the transformation must take place from within, going out into the body, meaning your spirit must be transformed. Your spirit must be holy, your mind must be holy, your body must be holy. In all manner of conversation, you must be holy, not conforming to this world system. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of the Most High. All of this 
it's about holiness. There's a part, uh, which, uh, that you that you touched on to say the word holiness also means division. So because this has an explanation, we must be able to explain it in, into detail because you might you might just read and say, oh, the word says we must we must not be conformed to this world. But what is the meaning of that exactly? To say mm. not conform to this world. Because you might say, I, I'm, I'm not conforming to this world. But you might find yourself conforming to this world. This is a summary. So Paul is talking about something which is talking to the church, the people who know the truth already. They've been taught about how to not conform to this world in specific details in their life. It reflects now in their life. So this is a reminder to say, remember, be not conformed to this world, even though it didn't go into detail as to how not to conform into this world. Mm. But us, we have to go now uh, to that foundation, to those principles, to say these are the principles now that you must look at in terms of not conforming into this world or dividing ourselves or being divided from the world system. I'm not sure, Deacon, if there's mm. something else to add there. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if I should say I, I want to edit or I want to maybe I'm, I'm going to uh, overthrow the Apple card uh, by bringing something else. You know, you, you mentioned while we we're reading in the in the book of First Corinthians chapter six, and I think this is um, this is a good precept to that. Your words, they're talking about the fact that coming out even in the mind and I, I, I think maybe that's it's something we can explore. And I, I know maybe it was not the direction specifically said we're going to go in, but I think it's important. And I'll share why. I, there's a there's two things that I saw today, a couple of um, couple of posts that they've been ringing in my mind. And uh, they, they sort of they, uh, the first one was um, someone congratulating. I think it's a 13 year old boy. I don't know from which country. Uh, he he comes from and um, he's going to university or he's already at university. He's 13, a young a young black child. Uh, he's at university studying. I can't remember what, but it's one some sounded sophisticated. But immediately when I read it, Deacon, uh, there was something that troubled me, and I just look at at this young boy and he's 13, and he's being hyped up and he's being sold an education system. He's being sold. Uh, maybe a lucrative, a lucrative career ahead of him has been sold uh, the world on a on on a platter, basically, if I if we can call it that, because he's young, he, he's, he's I assume intelligent according to this world, and you know he can do he, he can go to university, and it's what troubled me is the fact that you know it's the, whatever he achieved, it is also sold as a. a it's sold as something to aspire to and it's sold to the rest of the world because the post as it was was placed there it, it's supposed to inspire others it's supposed to get others to look at this and say wow great and amazing what a good achievement and yeah i think that part troubled me especially one I'm, I'm coming to it this these two aspects that troubled me is the fact that this young man's life is probably almost gone because you know they 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 put him up on this hype uh, uh, place and now he's gonna look at he's gonna look at the world and say I've got everything in front of me so the most I probably is not gonna be something that's gonna come to his mind and secondly is everyone who's gonna aspire to to become that you know even the people who are not gonna attain it but just by aspiration that's what the world is 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 looking to and the second one almost similar to it 
is um, a, a woman, I would say in her mid, I, I think I'm judging, I don't know, maybe in her mid 40s or early 40s. And she's a CEO of a law firm, I think, or, or I don't know whether if law firms have seen, but she's the head of the law firm. And and she's she's uh, inspiring other young people and attorneys and um, I'm sure me, also women. And and I just looked at it and I, I mean I've seen the lives of CEOs who are busy all the time. And what got me to wonder? I don't know. I don't know whether she she has a husband, she has children. But and I just looked at it in, from a society perspective. And I'm talking about our Hebrew society uh, especially. When you look at that and people are aspiring to be CEOs and uh, and that's the message that's being sold, they're aspiring to be in those places. That's what goes into the mind. And we, we're talking about separating from, from the world system. And as I say, the message that you mentioned that you need to clean your minds. And we spoke about it the last time as well, talking about the heart to say this thing, it starts in the heart. But now the mind is being uh, it's being attacked and it's being pumped all of this world system on a daily basis. And this is made something to aspire to, both for young women, for and uh, for young men, and for and for women to aspire to to be at the top. And I'm just worried. I, I, I'm worried about our society. And I think that's why when you mention that is, we talk about holiness. And I'm just asking, where does the solution start? And then maybe, as I say, maybe I'm overthrowing. I'm overthrowing the apple cart because you're still explaining. But for me, I think that's that's quite critical because we're fighting a message of holiness, but Indeed, people are being sold a message of unholiness, an unholy message to say, go be there in the world, go and mix with the world. And I, yeah, it's that, that that's just the part on that, that trouble when I when, when I, as I'm listening to you, I think those things came back to me. They've been ringing in my mind, but they just highlight that the, 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 the plight of an unholy message and an aspiration that is being sold to people from a young age to say, go, go into the world, go into the world. And here we are, say, be not conformed, you know, and our society is is, is being damaged. I'm not sure, maybe you have something to to add on onto that, but I think for me that that is a worrying case and our children are going to grow up in that and we need to, we need to shield them because, you know, if it's something that we need to protect their minds from, it's also almost in vain to, for people to want to come out of the world and then they look for the inspiration of the world. I think that's that's what that's what worries me is that a lot of people do look at these messages and and they look at it and it, it inspires them. So it's wow, brilliant. And and yet there'll be many who will want to come out at the very same time. I'm not sure. Maybe Jikon, you've got something to share, but I think that that's on my side. That's what worries me. Yes, Jikon. Um, I I think the uh, it must be also understood um, that how the Mosai operates. So the Mosai requires us to love him with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our spirit, with all our mind. That one is the first great commandment. So if you have not fulfilled the first great commandment already, you're going to fall into the world system. Uh, that is why um, there is no question in terms of when one would give an advice like that to um, to a young boy, there is no question as to that does is this what the most high wants is this what the most high commands because it's possible that a person uh, can raise up his own riches his own treasure but he's not rich towards the most high 
He doesn't understand the Mosai. He doesn't understand the holiness of the Mosai. It reminds me of a, a, a rich, the parable of a, a rich man that sought to consolidate his riches. And um, that's all he was thinking about in his mind. He was giving his soul into his riches, not thinking about the Most High, and not seeking the holiness of the Most High. And then eventually the Most High said, Oh, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of you, and then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? And so is he that laid up treasure for himself and is not rich towards the Most High. So it's also important to also point to those things that um, one might think to say, but that boy is just is doing it for himself. It's, it's, it's his career. It's his chosen path. That's what he wants to do. That's what he enjoys. But at the end of the day, the Most High wants you to, to be rich towards him, towards his holiness, to understand his holiness. Because when, when people, they give advices, they might give advices which are not according to the holiness of the Most High which now it must turn us back as to what is the most I require of us. Because it's also a case to, to put your trust in men, as Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number 5 puts it. It's a case to put your, your, your trust in men, and it's a case to put uh, your, your trust in the flesh. So that thing is, is cursed, and it, because you're not putting your trust in the most high. So the way it is clear in terms of uh, riches and uh, seeking this wealth system, although they are, I, I will just maybe decon just to, to 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 just conclude that part that you've just touched on. Before I go to where I wanted to go, let me just read one verse so that I can just explain one part about what you were just saying now. First Timothy chapter six, verse number seventeen to nineteen. Mm. Okay, let's uh, read the First Timothy six, verse number seventeen. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living power, the Most High, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Verse number eighteen: That they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Verse nineteen: Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Okay, so this is speaking about the rich, to say, charge them that are rich in this world. So these are believers, so that they do not fall into the temptation of being high-minded. I think if one is high-minded, he's not going to say, oh, you know what, now I am high-minded. But the most I can judge that is, you are high-minded. So it's easy if you accumulate riches to be high-minded. That's why the, the way it says, charge them, meaning these riches, they must also be distributed towards the services of the Mosai. They are not for yourself. So they're coming back to the Mosai. And that is the way of humbling yourself. This thing, that is why you must give yourself to the Mosai first. When the, when, the, when the word says, be holy in all men of conversation, meaning your spirit, your body, and your mind, you must be committed to the Most High, and then it will be easy for your riches or for anything or for anything that you possess. It will be easy for you to distribute it for the cause of the Most High, so that you do not become high-minded when you are not doing it for yourself, to say, I want to accumulate riches for yourself. So in that way, now it's a sin. Why now is it a sin? Let's just read uh, just there on top, verse number 9 to verse number 10. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 9 reads as follows. But they, uh, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare 
and into many foolish and hateful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Verse number 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Okay, but they that will be rich, meaning they that are setting their mind on, on their riches, meaning that is, is the definition of being high mind. You, you want to be rich, to say, what, what do you want to do? I want to be rich, I want to accumulate. Competition, even competing with other people to say, so-and-so is at this level. I want to get to his level. Or I want to even surpass, even one day. I want to do, I want to make a name for myself. I want to, I want to do this even for my family. I want, to, I want to achieve this. I want to leave this uh, legacy for my children. What about the most high? So in that way, we are high-minded. You are not putting the Mosai first. You have not transformed your mind towards the Mosai. You remember the rich uh, young ruler uh, that came to Christ to say, good master, what, is, what, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Then Christ said, sell all that you have and, and come and follow me. And then he couldn't. His heart was sorrowful. Mm. Then Christ said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of the Mosai? It is easy for a camel to go through the needle the eye of a needle, then for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of the Most High. Why? Because of high-mindedness. Mm. So this is why uh, now we have to be careful in terms of um, the riches and the love of money, which is that's verse number 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after. It can be a, a co coveting a career that will bring you some money. So it's part of the love of money, and ever, 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 uh, never-ending learning or studying. You have a degree, you want to earn more. You just want to accumulate other degrees. You want to continue further. Even if you are working, you're working part-time, you're always thinking about how to how to accumulate more money, how mm. to make it for yourself, how to how to get to lift up your name and to be recognized with all these qualifications and, and degrees. So that when one presents you, he wants to, he must just explain everything that this person got this degree in this field, and then he went on. He's a doctor. He's a professor. That it's a good feeling at the end of the day that people, if they are if they are being presented in that way to other people, so that they can gain respect, and then they forget about the Most High. But the Most High, what he requires, he requires your heart. He requires for you to humble yourself. And in order for you to humble yourself, that, like that rich young ruler, he couldn't humble himself to the most high. You must distribute, meaning you must give yourself, you must give your soul, you must give your spirit, you must give your body to the most high because the most high requires us to love him with all our heart, soul, and spirit and to give ourselves holy to him so that we become holy as he is holy. I don't know what you call it in terms of time. I know in terms of time we, we, we've run out. And I think... Yeah, maybe maybe I'll, I'll I'll pack it for for another day because as you're speaking, I I wanted to also I think the scripture you just read now specifically when it talks about which while some have coveted after I think it's got a powerful meaning. They have not even received it, just the coveting. And maybe maybe Tikon, I I know you you want to continue, and uh, maybe then you want to uh, you want to continue maybe from where you left off today on in our next episode. But we'll, we'll probably find a place because as we as we're talking now, I think 
I'm reminded of a scripture in the book of Psalms 24 as well, uh, because when I when I sum the, the if if I sum up what 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 we're discussing now, vanity is an enemy of holiness because vanity is something that is in your mind, but it affects whether you'll be able to follow the Mosai. Therefore, if if you vain, you won't be able to separate because vanity is what attracts people to the to to, to the lust of the world, the light of lust of the, the flesh, the pride of life. Maybe Deacon, I think I'll, I'll leave it there. And I'm I'm just but still I think while we're talking about holiness, I'm I'm thinking about the things that are an enemy of people in their minds as much as we want to teach what uh, holiness means, but there's a preparation in terms of the mind that, and, and a renewal in terms of the mind that needs to go on for someone to be able to embark on being uh, being holy. Um, I, I think from my side, Deacon, I can leave it there because of time. And um, I'm not sure if there's any closing remarks on your side, uh, but I, I, I think this is a, it's a lovely topic, which I, I really, really do want to continue it's almost as if I, I could say I wish a week uh, could go by in a day <laughs> so that we can continue next time again. But I'm not sure, Deacon, are there any closing remarks from your side? Let's, let's put it on pause for now. We shall continue the Mosai permitting next time. Okay, thank you. All right, perfect. Now we give glory to the Mosai again for the, this second episode. And uh, we trust that um, while the Mosai is, uh, keeps us and if he still keeps us and gives us the opportunity, we'll continue again in the week to come. Uh, from my side, to all brothers and sisters, uh, same to you, Tikon uh, Shalom. Yeah, shalom. <laughs>